0: This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order.
1: Little will show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome one and all to the Trek Geeks podcast. I'm your co-host Bill Smith and joining me as he does each and every single episode is a man I would rather skip than see. He is the very votable and rateable Dan Davidson and Dan, I, uh, I don't want to tip my hand too early buddy, but you're not a see it.
0: Wow. Okay. Thanks for joining us on this
1: episode of the Trek podcast,
0: ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week.
1: I'm out. I will.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, you you did let the cat out of the bag a little bit, buddy. Thank you, first of all, for allowing me to join you on your podcast. I appreciate it. You're Uh, welcome. (laughs) But, yeah, see it or skip. It's been fun, right? We like it. we love it. Let's Let's do it it again. Let's
2: do it again.
1: You know, we get such great response from the the see it or skip it episodes, and uh, we figured tonight we'd uh, we'd take on a different series. Yes, we we are, and it's uh, one that most uh, God, it's amazing how many people pick
0: this one as their favorite, isn't it? I know, right? Yeah, next generation season one, see it or skip it, right now, today, on the waves of podcasting. Is it podcasting waves? Is it still airwaves?
1: I don't think they're waves, buddy.
0: Okay. All right. The chronoton wave.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, soniton particles. Wow. Right. Wow.
0: Okay. There's a
1: deep cut. Whew. Wow. I got to sit down. I'm already sitting down. <laughs> you're a little dizzy <laughs> in the head. Well, while you're recovering, why don't you tell the good folks at home how they might get in touch with us?
0: Absolutely. As always, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is TrekGeeks. You can also send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. Or if you want to give us a phone call at 508-784-1701, you can do so and leave a voicemail. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks and leave a voicemail there as well. Also, you can join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Lots of great discussion going on over there. A lot of great people, a lot of new people coming in nowadays. Uh, So come on over. We'll let you right in. You're going to get early access to the podcast if you are a member of Camp Kittimer, and that's always a plus. Uh, If you want to get some more information or join the group, just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. But, Bill, i got to say one thing. What's that, Dan? Please remember that any comments or messages you leave in any of these places may be used in a future episode. And with that, it's going back to the EP executive
1: producer, Bill Smith. Thank you, Dan, senior executive producer of the Trek Geeks podcast. Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I just I made that up on the spot. <laughs> okay. I just That's how I roll. You're
2: you know, Dan, roller. Before,
1: before we go any further, we should stop and talk about something we left out of our STLV wrap-up last week, and we want to state off the bat that this is not a sponsored discussion. Yes, um, absolutely. We we have received no compensation from this vendor. Uh, we are talking about this product because we like it, mm-hmm. and we think other people might like it too. So there's no quid pro quo. We, uh, you know, they aren't paying us under the table. Um, they, they did give us some really cool pins, and we bought some even better pins. But. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about fan sets?
0: Yeah, I did tell them that um, I would always say something about them nice on the podcast if they would punch you in the face, but they didn't want to do that. Oh, so okay. So there you go. No, we got some great friends we met out in STLV, the fan sets team. Uh, we love their new unique Star Trek pins. Uh, they are officially licensed. The pins are fantastic, and as Bill mentioned, uh, they they gave us a few while we were out in Vegas uh, as, uh, as a thank you for us uh, uh, talking about them and, and liking them. Um, for any of you folks that are heading out to Mission New York next week, you definitely want to swing by the Fansets table because they are going to have a convention-available-only pin, and we got to say it looks freaking amazing. So go check it out. Pick up some pins, get your special convention-only pin, and uh, check them out on fansets.com. Right, Bill?
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, the thing I like about their product is that it is a unique way to sort of wear your fanship literally. Mm, yes. You know, and kind of like when people go to Disney and they collect the pins. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about the fan sets. you know, Star Trek pins. I think they're amazing. Uh, you know, everybody's collection is going to be different, and I think that's really awesome. Oh, is that all you had? That's all I
0: had. I mean, <laughs> it, what more can I going to say? You say things so eloquently. See, you thought I was going to say mellifluous, didn't you? But uh,
1: I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to Mission, New York, go check out the sets table. Go check out their their Mission, New York only pin. I think you're going to really dig it. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, uh, Dan, before we get to the main content of today's episode, we do want to remind folks that we're asking everyone to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And you could win, not you, Dan, but everybody else that hasn't submitted a review yet, could win a $25 Amazon gift card. So if you go to TrekGeeks.com, you can get all the info there. Okay. Okay.
0: So, Bill, we had uh, we had a pretty good time in Vegas. I guess you would say, right? Oh, absolutely, we did. We got together with some good friends, uh, and we met a lot of new people. And we finally got to meet face to face with our third favorite uh, admin for the Camp Kittimer page. Uh, remember that? I f- uh, what's his what's name, her again? name again? I, I can't remember. Um, Oh, that's right. It's Dan Garcia. Well, you know what? We love him so much that we decided to bring him on the show tonight. He is going to be the guy that's going to do the whole you know, moderation for this episode of See It or Skip It for The Next Generation Season 1. I think it's pretty cool. Dan, welcome.
2: Well, thank you. And third best? I personally believe I'm first best. The rest of them are just pretending.
1: Well, with an attitude like that, you're dropping like a rock. Already you're down to fourth, and we don't even have four. (laughs)
2: Took the words right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> I, I feel like family, let me tell you, because if you don't pick on me, you don't love me. Don't love That's me. right.
0: That's right. Absolutely. We are, uh, we're thrilled to have you here, man. Uh, I'm glad you could join us, and I'm sure Bill's glad that you could join us also for our theater It We love doing these. They've been a lot of fun, right, Bill?
1: We've had a lot of great feedback with regard to theater It or Skip It, and you know, we figure we're just going to randomly make it through all of the series, and well... Unfortunately for you, Dan Garcia, it's going to be your job to keep us honest throughout this whole process. Do you feel like you are up to that task, sir?
2: Keeping you guys honest? No, that's way beyond my capabilities. But keeping you on track, I can help with that.
1: (laughs) Wow. He's honest. I appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs)
1: Well, let's not waste any further time then Um, Dan, we are kind of at your mercy So you can uh, start it off with the first episode and a description And then um, you can survey Dan and I for our feedback How's that sound?
2: Sounds great Well, we'll go ahead for this episode uh, We're going to go ahead and do The Next Generation Season 1 Which is going to have a a, uh, 26 episode run And are you ready for the pilot two-parter, guys? We are.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it.
2: Sweet. Episode 1 and Slash 2, Encounter at Farpoint. The new Starship Enterprise begins her maiden voyage by uncovering the mysteries of an advanced space station. The crew's mission is threatened by an omnipotent being named Q, who puts them on trial for the crimes of all humanity. And for this one, we'll go ahead and start with Mr. Davidson. Please, Mr. Davidson, go ahead and give us your excellent professional opinion.
0: Wow. Excellent and professional. That's the first time I've heard those two words together with me. But anyway, me I would – i would thank you, Bill. I would have to give this a very borderline see it. And the only reasons I say that is because it is the first Trek episode on television that we saw in 20 years. Uh, very important for that aspect. It also introduces Q, which is very important, also. A lot of people love Q. I think a lot of people don't like him, but he's very popular. I have always thought he's great. John Delancey's always done an awesome job as Q. Other than that, this episode sucks, and it really sucks bad. The acting is awful, it's stiff. And you got to thank God that this wasn't how things continued down the road for next generation. I understand it was new and everybody's getting to know each other. It's just it's it's almost unwatchable at times.
1: Okay, I guess that's my cue. Thanks for the handoff, Dan. I, uh, Davidson, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, this episode begrudgingly is a see it for some of the same reasons. I think the writing of this episode is really, really weak. And I only say that because, you know, DC Fontana had her version of a script and then Gene came in and added his version on top of it. And I think that really caused the end product to suffer. I mean, overall, this is not a great episode, but it's the pilot. So I would rather skip it, honestly and I often do, but I think it's essential viewing in many ways because it tells you a lot about Picard and Riker and Data and the rest of the cast. So, unfortunately, it's a see-it.
0: And it has giant space jellyfish, as Michelle Specht always
2: likes to point out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they brought Michelle into Star Trek, so you almost have to see it for that. That's true,
2: yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, my little tidbit is I totally agree that it is a see-it. It introduces characters... That if you're new to the series, you got to see. If you're not new to the series, and yeah, we could probably get past that. Okay, episode number three The Naked Now. Mm. The crew of the Enterprise find the crew of a scientific vessel dead. They soon fall prey to a mysterious, communicable <clears throat> containment, causing the crew to experience symptoms similar to alcohol intoxication, threatening the lives of all. All aboard the ship. And this time, we will start with Bill.
1: Well, thank you. I um, This is one of those episodes that I loathe. <laughs> and I loathe it because it is such a blatant ripoff of the original series. And I can see how this went down. They wanted to create something that would make people think that this was actually Star Trek. So, great. Let's create a sequel to an episode. Problem is... It's almost the same exact episode. It's terrible. It's uncreative. It's boring. And it's the first example of what I like to call West Trek, which is a good chunk of season one. This, for me, Dan Davidson, is a skip it.
0: Well, we have our first disagreement, then, I would say, because I actually gave this a see it. Now... One of the reasons I gave it a see it is you're right. It's not a great episode, but after the dung pile of encounter at Fun far point, I have to give it a see it because it's in more enjoyable to watch in my opinion than encounter at far point. It's not a great episode uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I did like how they did a, you called it a, a copy cap, but I call it a reference to the naked time. Um, You had some good aspects of it. Data gets to have sex with Yar, so that's a plus right there. Uh, And I will say that on the negative side, one of the worst moments for me, and I'm not even joking when I say this, one of the worst moments in Trek history for me is when the engineer is sitting down, playing with those isolinear chips and just throwing them up in the air with that goofy look on his face. That is one of the worst things I have ever seen in Star Trek. It is just so bad.
2: (laughs) Isn't this the episode that started our uh, ring around the rosy when it came to the chief engineers? Yes, for the first season. Yeah, yep. yes, it was. Yeah, it's yep. Sad. So,
0: so yeah. So I gave it a see it because it's it's fun.
2: Excellent. I like disagreements. This should be inter- interesting for the next one then. Because the next one is episode four, Code of Honor. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Yar is abducted by the leader of a people who abide by a strict code of honor, which requires her participation in a fight to the death. And, Mr. Davidson, you can go this time.
0: Well, I would say don't just skip it. Effing skip it. Don't ever put it in your DVD player or iPod, iPad, whatever it is that you use. It is just – it's putrid. Um, I am actually surprised that Gene or whatever powers that were running uh, Paramount at the time that Next Generation was on ever allowed this episode to even air. It totally goes against everything that Trek stands for, in my opinion, no matter what the reason was for writing it. Bill? Bill?
1: I uh, I have to agree with all of that. If you listen to the Mission Log episode, it actually tells a, a lot about this. You know, if you watch this episode without or uh, sorry, if, if you view this episode without actually watching it and you just listen to it, it doesn't sound that bad. But the whole thing, and I'm about to bleep myself, but even Frake's calls this a racist piece of shit and so do I. So, I'm going to I'm definitely in the skip it camp no. um there's there's nothing that redeems this hour of star trek
2: yeah when you gave me this list and i saw it was even on there it surprised me i thought you would just go ahead and remove that whole line and move on to the next episode <laughs> it didn't even exist <laughs> nope nope we're not going to talk about it
1: i, I was tempted
2: <laughs> i would agree with you 100 percent. i probably wouldn't even have said hey you're missed noob we wouldn't went with it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: episode five the last outpost an unknown force immobilizes the Enterprise during the Federation's first encounter with the new alien threat, the Ferengi. Ooh. Threat. Oh, wow. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you say threat?
1: <laughs> I just <laughs> want to
2: make sure you said that right. <laughs> hey, I'm reading my notes. <laughs> it's Okay. Uh, Bill, give us our our give us your personal opinion.
1: Thank you, human. <laughs> I uh this is a thoroughly uneven episode that introduces a quote unquote adversary. And I use that very loosely that not even the writers cared that much about. So why should we, um, I get what they tried to do with this episode. It failed on every level for me. The last outpost is a skip it, Dan.
0: Yeah, it definitely is a skip it. Um, I think that, uh, Personally, other than the leds, the Ferengi are the biggest laughingstock alien in the Trek universe. Um, The writers were able to redeem themselves a little bit with Deep Space Nine, but I always felt that Armin was at at a disadvantage when he played Quark in DS9, simply because the idea of the Ferengi, their whole philosophy, was just something that was impossible to turn into a legitimate alien species in my opinion, throughout the entire course of Star Trek. Definitely a skip it for me.
2: Yeah. It's sad is, I like the Guardian part aspect. If they had put the Romulans instead of the Ferengis, I think it would have raised the episode a lot higher, but you know, can't go back 30 years now.
1: <laughs> I agree with that, actually. I think the Romulans would have been much better. Instead of teasing us throughout the first season with them, I thought this would have been a great way to reintroduce them. That's yeah. a great point, Dan.
2: Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could have totally just removed the Ferengis, put the Romulans in, changed some words, but the Guardian aspect had no change whatsoever because it's still conflict. It had been pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, but
0: I will say one thing. One thing that I liked, and, I, and I'm and i sorry that they didn't use it more, and they actually – I don't think we saw it again until Enterprise was the uh, laser whips. I thought those were kind of cool. For the, That was something that we had never seen before in Star Trek, so those were cool. But other than that, eh.
2: Yeah. Not enough to redeem the Ferengi, though. Number six, we have Where No One Has Gone Before. Warp efficiency tests send the Enterprise traveling far, far beyond known space, where the crew's imagination takes on real form. First appearances of the Traveler. And this time we'll open with Mr. Davidson. Uh, this is going to be
0: short. Skip it. Wesley and the Traveler. That's all I need to say.
1: Bill? Well, that was clear and concise and to the point, Dan.
0: Thank you very much. I learned from the best.
1: Uh, again, Ken Ray, not here. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you keep bringing him into the discussion. Um, I, I'm i going to say words that are going to make most TNG fans cringe. And I, I say it knowing that you know, this is a character that, for some reason, people love. And I hate the Traveler. I think it's... I think it's a useless character. I don't think it's crafted well. They made him a little too mysterious, especially in this episode. And even though he appears again in TNG, this episode is absolutely worthless. And all it does is give Wesley something to do for West Trek. So for me, it's a skip it. Boom. Wow.
2: Nice and short and to the point and completely agree. Number seven, lonely among us. An alien entity possesses Doctor Crusher, Worf, and Picard, while the Enterprise is transporting delegates from two feuding planets. Mr. Smith,
1: thank you. I. You know, this one seems like a bit of a ripoff of the Tholian-Webbin part, but it's entertaining enough as Star Trek for me to watch again. I mean, I, this is easily identifiable as Trek, and if they tweak this script a little, I could see it fitting into the original series. So for me, this one's a see it. I like it, even though it's it's first season. You know, it's still in the first 10 episodes, but I think it's a worthwhile watch, Dan.
0: Well, I gave it a skip it. I gave it a skip it. And I'm going to say it's kind of a cop out skip it. And I will be honest when I say that. I haven't seen this episode in a really long time. But every time I go to look back at what ones I should watch again. I always over I just always pass through this one. And there has to be a reason for that in my mind where I'm like, I don't even want to watch that again. I've seen screenshots about it, so I remember the aliens are kind of goofy looking. I see you know all the electric charges going all over people as when they're being possessed. It's just not something that I remember liking at all when I saw it back in the day. So I'm gonna give it a skip it basically because I don't remember enough about it, so that's gonna tell you something.
2: Well, understandable. I mean, some as stated, these things are thirty years old. So unless you're getting on Netflix and and pinging them regularly, you're probably not going to go through most a lot of these first season ones because we all know that the first season is just is just rough, and we want to get the good stuff, right?
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: Number eight, Justice. Yay! This is an awesome one too. <laughs> Wesley breaks an idyllic world's trivial law by accidentally stepping on flowers and faces the death sentence and this time we'll go with mr davidson
0: yeah this this is my favorite episode in trek history. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't scare me like
0: that. Definitely a skip it. Those Edo outfits, I, every, I I just can't. Every time I see those outfits, it just reminds me of Herbert from The Family Guy, A Quest for Stuff game, because he gets that uniform in the Star Trek version of the game, and it's just scary. Um, just a bad, bad uh, idea for an episode. Uh, you're going to kill a guy for stepping on flowers. I mean, what is this, this 24th century's version of The Purge? It's just not something that I think is a
1: good episode at all
0: another Wesley episode too
1: yeah it really is and unfortunately they don't kill him (laughs) (laughs) wow I can sum up my feelings on this episode with six words I'm with Starfleet we don't lie Um, this episode is painful (laughs) It's it's exactly what you would expect from a first season episode of a spin off show. I mean, even when, when Dan was reading the description, I was trying really hard not to laugh because <laughs> the whole concept... I mean, imagine this thing being pitched in the writer's room. Okay, so here it is. Wesley is on the planet. He steps on some, I don't know, some flowers, <laughs> and it's a death sentence, like immediate death sentence, and Picard has to save him. Yeah, skip... This episode, Dan,
2: (laughs) what's sad is, even though it is a really, really sad excuse of episode, especially any, I mean, even for first season, but it's one of the most memorable episodes I remember growing up because at the tender age of 13, (laughs) I was like, what Star Trek is this? Because, (laughs) wow, I mean. Visually, it was, for a 13-year-old, entertaining. Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going there.
2: (laughs) Uh, Episode 9, The Battle. A Ferengi captain returns the abandoned stargazer to its former captain, Jean-Luc Picard. Picard, who experiences severe headaches, begins to relive the Battle of Maxia, in which he lost lost the ship originally and Mr. Smith.
1: Thank you. You know, so I've got a, a million questions whenever I watch this episode. The f- not the least of which is how did the Ferengi wind up with a Federation starship and not sell it? Because revenge is not their thing. And additionally, you know, when Picard lost the Stargazer, I never imagined that that would mean he misplaced it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And this whole thing happens because Picard has a headache. Uh, yeah, this episode is is painful. It's dreadful, and there's a trend starting here. So I say skip it and save yourself the hour. Wow. Okay.
0: Well, I uh, I have to agree with you. I gave it a skip. It. Uh, all I got to say is see my earlier comments regarding the Ferengi. That's about it. Thank you.
2: Well, it's sad as I actually do enjoy this episode because. They were a joke in the first episode that they were in. This one here, you can see some turn. They're actually, you know, you can engage them. So I, I kind of like this episode. But, you know, we're not counting my votes.
1: No, it's so. true. But That's right. So, <laughs> Didn't you ever wonder how they came across a Constellation-class starship?
2: Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's still entertaining in my book. But I, if you think of it this way. This is one of the first new design ships, other than the, of course, the Enterprise D. Yep. For the Federation, that this series had, so it kind of it kind of sparked my imagination. So I give it a little, I got a little soft spot for it. I don't know. Well,
1: and you're a big ship guy too. I can understand that.
2: Well, yeah, I'm a really big ship guy. I mean, yeah, really big. So episode ten, our return of Q in episode Hide and Q. Q returns to the Enterprise to tempt Commander Riker into joining the Q continuum with the lore of Q's powers. And Mr. Davidson.
0: I, uh, I actually enjoy this episode. Anytime that uh, Q is, is involved, there always seems to be things that I like about it. So I gave it a see it. Um, Wesley's killed, actually, in this episode, which is always a good thing. But then he comes back. All grown up, but still wearing that stupid sweater. So I liked it. Uh, and Worf is tempted by uh, what we see a f- the for one of the first times, a female Klingon hottie with the, the ridges and, and the armor and everything. So other than that, game penalty.
1: Oh, man. No. <laughs> you know, there are some horrible writing elements in this episode, and that's one of them. The <laughs> whole penalty box. the Commander Riker... It's too soon for this. I mean, it's an interesting cue premise, and I think that Frakes plays this episode really well. I mean, without Frakes as Riker, I don't think this episode works nearly as well as it does. So for me, this one's a see it. I like it. It's it's a fun hour and and Delancey just chews scenery the whole time so it's good.
0: One of the things I find most humorous about this episode is is when Frakes is, is like leaning up against a rock and he's just bellowing laughing. That scene for some reason is I've just always found hysterical the way that he laughs in that scene. I agree.
2: Okay, episode eleven, Haven, our introduction to Luxana. Loaxana Troy visits her daughter, Counselor Troy, and prepares her for an arranged marriage. Mr. Smith.
1: You know, there are enough humorous moments in this episode to keep it watchable, and really that's the only value this episode has. It's in relationships. I've never been a huge Loaxana fan, but I think that this episode establishes her character in a way that it affects the rest of her appearances in the show. Coupled with that, the entire dinner scene, where every time Loxana takes a bite, the gong plays, and that whole argument, I think it's priceless. It's crafted really, really well. I like this episode, despite the lepers. Um, so I, this one's a see it for me. Dan?
0: Yeah, I gave it a see it also. It's funny, Bill. We have a lot of the same thoughts about this episode. But I will say um, that this week when we were preparing, we don't really see what we're doing um, for what we're we're choosing for see it or skip it. And Bill and I actually got into a little bit of an argument online about what I had planned to do with this originally. And I was going to say I can't give it a see it or a skip it. So it's a take your pick. So, But since he told me because he is executive producer and I have to do what he says, um, because uh, – Uh, There are humorous points to it, Um, and even though I've never been a Loxana fan either, I am going to give it a see it just for the fact of the character of Mr. Holm and for the yelling suitcase face, who is Armin Shimmerman.
1: (laughs) I totally
2: forgot about that until you said that.
1: Well, and don't forget (laughs) Tasha's hair. (laughs) Is that this one? Is that... No, you're you're thinking of the naked now hairstyle. Oh with that's right curl. Right. I'm talking about how it's it it's got enough AquaNet to make her short little, you know, hair look like it's got a cliff. You gotcha. know, it's, yeah. gotcha. she, she's she's definitely, you know <laughs> her version of the dress uniform involves hairstyle, apparently. <laughs> wow. Number
2: twelve. The big goodbye. A computer malfunction traps Picard. Data, Dr. Crusher and Waylon in a Dixon Hill holodeck program set in the early 20th century earth. And Mr. Davidson.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one a skip it. Um, even though this is one of the first, it is my least favorite of any holodeck episode in any star Trek series. Um, I do have never liked Picard as Dixon Hill um, in this episode, and I was actually sorry it was repeated in First Contact. That was one scene that I really didn't care for because I never liked Dixon Hill. Um, You would think that in the 24th century that the holodeck technology would still not be as fragile as it is regarding fail-safes. So skip it.
1: (laughs) So wait... You're surprised the holodeck technology isn't as advanced as it is, yet they've never heard of a circuit breaker on the bridge to keep (laughs) consoles from exploding? We're talking
0: about the holodeck right now, sir. (laughs) Uh,
1: For me, this one also is a skip it. I mean, it is the first in a long line of holodeck gone wrong episodes. But in the end, this episode is largely meaningless. You could... You know, wipe it from the existence, and it wouldn't affect canon in any way. I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big Dixon Hill fan either, and largely this one is a is a meh for me, so eh. it's a, it's a skip it.
2: But if I remember right, wasn't the good or the big goodbye one of the few episodes in the first seasons that got some kind of nominations for? I thought they got a Saturn Award for, or a Saturn nomination for that one. Uh, so I could, so so (laughs) don't get me wrong not that awards mean it's a good thing but (laughs) there is something that came out of this episode even out of the first season so I, i like it but hey you know it's me
1: well and and that's fine too i mean there may be plenty of people who like it you know and that's fine i mean If you're looking to maximize your TNG watching, you can safely skip this episode and really not miss a lot.
0: Oh, no, most
2: definitely. Most definitely. I
0: I will say we don't want to hurt people's feelings because we know that there are a lot of people that love this episode. Laura, our friend uh, who we've seen in Vegas, loves this episode, and she always cosplays as Dr. Crusher's character from the Dixon Hill Holodeck uh, episodes. Yes. Um, But uh, it's just uh, – I just could never get my heart wrapped around it.
2: Oh, no. I mean, I totally agree 100%. You can skip I would skip it totally for continuity of the series. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a little side note in the episode. So, yeah. Episode 13, Data Lore. The Enterprise crew finds a disassembled android identical to Data at the site of the Omicron Theta Colony, where Data was found, which was destroyed by a life form dubbed the Crystalline Entity. The reassembled android, Lore brings the crystalline entity to the enterprise and Mr. Smith,
1: you know, the introduction of an evil twin is always, you know, a 50, 50 shot. And this one is a decent enough variant on that theme that it makes it worth watching. It tells a good story. Brent Spiner does a great job as lore and as data. Even if this score is filled with, really an overload of 80s synthesizer music. Um, There's a little bit of West Trek in this one, but it doesn't detract from the episode. We do get a shut up, Wesley, which makes me really happy. So this one's a a definite see it for me, Dan.
0: Yeah, I gave it a see it as well. I I enjoyed lore as a character. I think that Brent... Playing different characters throughout TNG has always been one of the highlights that I have always enjoyed watching. Whether it be Doctor Sung uh, or Lore, um, it was also the holodeck episode the, uh, with the Ancient West is always great. Um, one of the things that I like about this episode is that it has a lot of ramifications in different episodes down the line, where you have Doctor Sung coming into play, and then uh, Sung's ex-wife is is in later, even though she's an android. All those things tie together, and it's all because of this episode. This is a definite see it for me.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah, because nobody's seen Next Generation before, Bill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, though. Maybe they were waiting, you know, for the remastered version. They just got into it recently.
1: <laughs> right. Maybe they're okay. kicking the blu-rays off for the very first time. You know what?
0: It'll take me ten seconds to get a new person to
1: moderate the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I see you. It. <laughs> It'll take me five to get a replacement co host. Oh
2: wow. <laughs> I'm right here. That's yeah, right. <laughs> Episode fourteen. Angel one. Everybody hold their paws in, in discomfort. <laughs> the Enterprise visits a world dominated by women to re- rescue survivors of a downed freighter. And we will start with Mr. Davidson.
0: Skip it. It's just bad. It's bad acting. It's bad writing. It's bad costumes. It's bad hair. It's just bad. Bad. Bill? Bad uh, Bill? Mullets.
1: <laughs> There's mullets. There's bad writing. There's Trent, who Dan Davidson is going to cosplay as next year at STLV. <laughs> The one saving Grace is that there's Bonnie from Night Rider, but otherwise this episode is a total skip it. It is it is painful.
2: If Dan, if you cosplay the Deep V Riker shirt next year, I promise <laughs> I will come to next year just to see that.
0: I just got the deep <laughs> I just got the deep v Riker in timelines.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs>
2: oh Episode fifteen. One one zero zero one zero zero one. Binars upgrade the Enterprise's computers in space dock. Riker and Picard become distracted by a surprisingly realistic holodeck character, Mister Smith.
1: You know, this is an interesting concept executed well. It tells a creative story. And it's not anything we've seen in Star Trek before. Um, You know, yeah, the Enterprise gets commandeered plenty throughout Star Trek, but I thought this was a really creative way to do it and ultimately a creative reason. There wasn't malicious intent. They were just trying to save their race. So for me, uh, this one's a definite see it, Dan.
0: Yeah, I gave it a see it as well. Um, I, I don't give it a, a gigantic see it. It's, it's kind of a barely see it. But I like the episode. I like the binars. I thought you would say no. I always like that line. Um, but I really feel that it's too bad that we only got to see them in this one episode. And I don't recall ever seeing them at all in the rest of TNG or any other series, even if they're in the background as characters. And that was too bad. Yeah. Um, I like the minuet story be kind of, it kind of lends itself to the very first appearance of holodiction that Barkley suffers from later. And that, you know, for Riker falling in love with a hologram. And it also plays a big role in another episode, future imperfect down the line. So I like how they are tying things in season one into things later to, Oh, Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! There, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, definite, a definite. See it. Barely, yeah. I'm sorry. I barely see it. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like it just because I think this is one of the first times we've had Riker and Picard interaction that wasn't work related. You know, they just kind of sat around and talked and had drinks and just were personable instead of number one, do what I say, type of thing. Uh, episode sixteen. Too short a season. Okay, the synopsis is a little large here. Hold on. The Enterprise transports a legendary geriatric admiral who must once again negotiate a hostage situation involving a man from decades earlier in his career. The admiral, however, is mysteriously growing younger, the farther along the mission progresses. Mr. Davidson.
0: Um, I gave this one a see it. I do like the story. Uh, unfortunately, I can't recall the name of the actor who plays the villain in this episode, but I really liked him and I liked his character. Um, but even though I gave it a see it, I have to say that the makeup in this episode is is so distracting to me because I feel it's so bad as the Admiral ages. I think the more older he gets, the worse the makeup looks and it became a definite distraction for me for the rest of the episode. But with that being said, because the story is so good and the guy who plays the villain is so good, I gave it a see it. Bill?
1: Uh, this one's a see it for me, too. Dan, you're thinking of Michael Pataki, who is not only in this episode as Carnas, but he's also in The Trouble with Tribbles.
0: Yes, yes. He's the Klingon, right? He's the Klingon who yes. starts the
1: fight with Scotty, a yep. fantastic actor. Yep. Um, you know the quest for youth invariably finds its way into track, and this treatment really is a decent one it 's not great as far as episodes go. The guy who plays the admiral 's a bit annoying i don 't for a minute believe he's he 's anciently elderly at all, but this is far from the worst episode of season one so for me this one 's a see it it 's a decent hour of Star trek
2: agreed. But yes, the the old makeup is a little distracting. You spec you expect more from uh, Michael Westmore. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what the issue was. Number seventeen, when the bow breaks, a planet formerly existing only in legend uncloaks and requests help from the Enterprise. The planet's inhabitants are sterile and want to adopt children from the Enterprise by force if necessary, Mister Smith.
1: Yeah, kids and Star Trek rarely work together, and this episode is just dumb. There's no way for them to adequately sell the the myth of Aldea at the beginning, and Riker's being fascinated and Picard's being equally fascinated with it just doesn't really ring true. Um, it, it's painful. It's West Trek to the nth degree. I, I I don't I question these aliens immediately because they stole Wesley, let's be honest. <laughs> uh if you hadn't guessed, this one is a skip it. Huh. Dan. Not
0: surprising. No, I gave I it know. a skip I gave it a skip it also. Um for the for most of the reasons that you brought up. The Wesley aspect of it. It it's not a believable story in my mind. Um even you know, taking place in Star Trek. I just didn't believe it. And spoiler alert for the rest of this episode, I hate this episode more than I do Symbiosis. So definitely a skip it.
1: Wow. Wow. Way to, uh, way to show your whole card there.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, they don't start playing poker until like season three. So don't get started <laughs> with that.
2: <laughs> the Next Generation is is a weird series that they have children on the ship, which isn't a big deal. But until we need the children, we totally forget they're there. And this is just like one of those episodes that pops up and says, hey, just, by, just in case you didn't know, we still have kids here. Or we're going to have somebody steal them. Oh, great.
1: <laughs> we hate them so much, people are going to take them. <laughs> the only thing that they could have
0: added to this episode was the freaking Gorgon from the uh, original series episode with the kids.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, wow. <laughs> episode 18, Home Soil. The crew of the Enterprise discovers a crystalline life form with murderous intelligence that has been killing the scientists on terraforming project. Uh, Mr. Davidson,
0: I'm going I gave this one a see it. Um, it's a good story. I, I like the idea. I like the um, idea of these crystalline life forms. But how can you not vote to see this episode when the head Russian from the 1980s James Bond movies is the guest star? Just awesome. And it's a good Star Trek story too. So I gave it a see it.
1: This one is definitely a see it for all the reasons that Dan states. And, I mean, come on. It's got ugly bags of mostly Dan Davidson. So how can you go wrong? Uh, See it times two. (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) And,
2: I mean, just looking back at the episodes we've talked about so far, I want to say that this is probably one of the first really good sci-fi stories in the first season
1: yeah a lot Less. of these
2: yeah a lot of these previous episodes are are just surface sci fi or stuff they've rehashed. This is like an original that uh popped up in the first season. It's probably one of one the better of, ones
0: one of the things I liked about it was that the drill when it was like being controlled on its own or by the by the life forms it kind of gave me that eerie feeling of some of the out of control machinery and like the six million dollar man or or other shows back in the seventies and I thought that was a good uh a good thing to do for this story
2: oh yeah. Definitely. Okay. Coming of Age, Episode 19. While Wesley takes a Starfleet Academy entrance exam, the senior staff of the Enterprise are placed under investigation by Starfleet. And this one we will open with Mr. Smith.
1: You know, I don't like this episode. I, I There are parts of it that are just largely unwatchable to me, particularly the psych test, the whole notion of which I think is just absurd. But I think you have to see this episode if for no other reason than the investigation conducted by commander Remick. Uh, Well, while the Starfleet Academy stuff is nauseating the other, you know, the B plot, or maybe it's the a plot. I'm not sure which it is in this episode is necessary for the end of the season. So whereas I would normally say, skip it. I do think you have to see this one.
0: Yeah, I got to agree with that, Bill. I gave it a see it also. I like the Starfleet test a little bit more than you do. That Wesley had to take not a whole lot. Um, I I do think it was interesting uh, the the different aliens that we saw in this in this episode. Um, but I got to say, uh, with you, the Commander Remick stuff is just great. That guy plays Commander Remick, um so well and he's ominous and but at the same time it looks like he's trying to be such a great guy um i thought it was great and of course as we know or some of us know because i don't want to give another spoiler alert it's very important later down the road and it's very important in some novels too i won't uh i won't get into that right now but there are some novels that what happens later on down the road with uh remick and what's going on um is very important in some of the novels that come out. Uh, that came out about ten years
1: ago. I had no idea. Yeah, that's because you yeah. don't read, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, with the, with the exception of probably um, Encounter at Farpoint, this is one of the first episodes that probably has a, a successful secondary plot or primary, and then a failed no- uh, the other plot. Uh, yeah, the, the the Wesley stuff's just horrid.
1: God. It's painful.
2: Yeah. Episode 20, Heart of Glory. Fugitive Klingons seeking battle attempt to hijack the Enterprise and ask Worf to join them. Mr. Davidson.
0: Well, we all know how Bill feels about Klingons in Star Trek, especially the new Klingons, uh, starting with Next Generation. This episode is awful. It's a bad episode. It's definitely a skip it to me. There's a lot of continuity errors in this episode, the worst of which is that they call the Klingon homeworld Kling. Uh, That was unforgivable. Uh, I guess only positive note I can think of in regards to this episode is Von Armstrong. But even he can't save this episode. So it's a definite skip it for me.
1: It's a skip it for me, too. It is one of the worst Klingon episodes ever. And I don't like the way it portrays Lieutenant Yar very much either, especially during that alleged hostage situation, which was not a hostage situation in any way. Here she is calling up to the bridge going, uh, bridge, we got a hostage and nothing like that had even happened. It made her look trigger happy. It made her look less than competent. So there's nothing that can redeem this script. Yes. Vaughn Armstrong is great. He always is, but this one is a definite skip it. I hate this episode.
0: Can I ask a favor? Can, can we do a, Klingon death yell right now just altogether. <laughs> sorry. No. no. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to say no to that.
2: It, it, it I mean, I understand that this is prior to later writing staff that came in and like fleshed out Klingon lore. So it makes sense or I mean, kind of makes sense why it's so inconsistent, but it's not even inc- inconsistent with itself. There's yeah. or I'm sorry. It's not even consistent with itself, and it's just very distracting. I watched this uh, two days ago in preparation for this, and it was just sad. Episode 21, The Arsenal of Freedom. Trapped on the surface of an abandoned planet, an away team becomes unwitting participates in the demonstration of an advanced weapons system. Uh, Mr. Smith.
1: You know, I have to say, this one is probably my favorite episode of season one. Hmm. I think it's a creative premise, and I think it's executed really well. There's a cha- there's a series of challenges, both for the away team on the planet, for Picard in trying to help Dr. Crusher, and in Geordi in a command situation under less than ideal circumstances. So I think this is one you definitely have to see for season one. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Dan?
0: Wow, I wasn't aware that that's your favorite episode of the season. That's very interesting. Um, I gave it a see it as well. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as you, but anything that references the USS Lollipop is a winner in my book, so it's definitely a see it. It's an enjoyable episode. I like the the, the way that they handle what's coming at them from different angles all the time, and there's a lot of humor involved in it too. And who, uh, the guy who plays... Um, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but when he references the USS Lollipop, that, um, that character, I, I like Drake. him. Yeah, I like him. I like Drake, too. He's good.
2: Hey, any episode they separate the ship into two sections is a good episode in my book.
0: Same here. Of course, that's only, like, two episodes. <laughs>
1: no, there's more than that. Spoiler Drake. alert.
2: Wow. You know... You're hurting my seasons in the future, (laughs) I swear.
1: And there's a movie where they do it.
2: Uh, We're talking about movies now, are we, mister? (laughs) Wow. Uh Uh-huh.
0: That's right. Keep it going, Garcia.
1: Somebody put on his (laughs) sassy pants today. Hashtag (laughs) sassy pants.
2: Big boy pants. Way to go. (laughs) Episode 22, Symbiosis. Picard tries to mediate a trade dispute between two neighboring planets. One of which is the sole supplier of a drug to treat the other's apparently fatal disease, Mister Davidson.
0: Well, I gotta say this. As I said earlier, this is a skipper for me. I don't. I don't know why. I can't tell you the reason why. But I hate this episode i don't like it i don't know if it's because of the whole drug edition type of thing and trying to take over everybody you know get they want the drug or they're going to kill everybody i just don't like the episode the only thing that i remotely enjoy about this episode was seeing Merritt buttrick back in star trek again and it's really unfortunate that he died only a year later after this episode aired at only 29 years of age but i just i just can't stand this episode it's a skip it for me
1: that's a that stuns me because I think this episode's an absolute see it and not because it's a great episode, but because it's a very Star Trek style of story. I mean this very easily could be an episode of the original series. You know, just change the characters, change the ship, very easily a a, a TOS type of morality play. Plus, I mean, it is kind of nice to see Merritt Buttrick and also Judson Scott, both of whom were in Wrath of Khan. It's kind of cool to see them in a TNG episode. I will say that Gates McFadden overacts this episode terribly. And it's annoying, but I can look past that in the long run, especially when Picard decides to take the action that he does at the end. I think it's very kirk like to some extent. So for me it's a see it.
0: That's very interesting, Bill. I would bet you that if I if this episode was done with a different cast, I might have a different opinion on it. I'll give you that much, but the way that it was done in this, I just I just can't I just can't stomach it.
1: Crusher's terrible in this episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: I think a lot of them are.
1: And you know, Gates did you know overdo it to some extent, but you know, the writing for her character was terrible to begin with. So it's not all on Gates. But you know, it's season one. She's still kind of finding the character. They didn't give her a lot to do per se. But um, I I kind of dig this take on drug addiction. I think it's timely. All right.
2: I um, I like this episode. The only thing that trips me up is the whole electrical eel type hand thing. I was just like, it's like somebody said, "How can we cause conflict internal to the ship?" I don't know. We'll turn him into an eel. Yes, I love that part. No, no, that wasn't wasn't great. (laughs) Episode twenty-three: Skin of Evil. Mm -hmm. An evil tar-like creature holds Troy hostage on an alien world. During the rescue mission, one of the Enterprise's crew is killed. Mr. Smith.
1: Hey, that's me. Um, (laughs) This one, I mean, I don't think there can be any question about this episode. It's an absolute see it. You know, for the first time in Star Trek, they kill off a regular series character. I mean, forget the fact that Tashi R was not written well. But this episode was just shocking when it happened in 88 because it was pre-internet and nobody knew it was coming. Uh, you know when it happened, I was stunned. I even still enjoy watching it today. I think tasha 's little memorial at the end mm. is is touching yep. i I appreciate the dialogue they gave Denise Crosby because unfortunately, it was the best dialogue they ever gave her it 's sad that it was in her final episode, so uh, this one for me is a definite see it Dan.
0: Yeah, it's a definite see. It. This is probably one of only a very few handful of episodes of any Trek series where it is a must see. Whether or not the episode is good or not, you have to see this episode. Um I've always wished personally that we got to see Armas again sometime. I thought he was a very interesting creature. Um and it's too bad that we didn't get to see him somehow some way uh later on down the road. Of course, I, I feel of course the killing of Tasha was was a shock because like you said nobody knew it was coming but i thought that the way she died was very underwhelming um it was if it was just a a oh, okay she's going to okay i'm going to slap her she's dead and then unfortun- unfortunately we saw what happened um, later on down the road with how people dealt with that i do agree with you 100% um with the memorial and i also like how data also kept that little hologram of her uh, at his desk. Uh, more spoilers. I'm just full of those tonight, oh, aren't I, God. guys? Jeez, I'm I kind so of, sorry.
1: <sighs> I kind of like how empty Tasha's death was because it's kind of the antithesis of what we expect from Star Trek. True. Yeah. You know, character deaths usually have meaning, and I thought it was a great way to shockingly kill off a major character. I mean, to the point where the Enterprise crew themselves is like, seriously? You mean yeah. she's really dead? Yeah.
0: It's, quarter, it's I mean, you see this nowadays on Walking Dead, every week somebody dies, or, or Game of Thrones. You didn't expect this back in the day, so it was really something. Definitely uh, see it from both of us.
2: Oh, yes. yeah, that Definitely a key episode for the series. I mean, it would be weird if when we were watching this back in the 80s, if we missed this week, and then we go to the next week and go... Where'd she Where's go? <laughs> I mean, I didn't record it on my VCR. I'll never see it again. Oh, that's okay. We'll just write in a
0: sister to show up at some point, maybe.
2: Oh, you must have been in the writer's room. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> well, and don't forget in the episode before Symbiosis, when Picard and Crusher are leaving the cargo bay, you can see Denise Crosby waving, waving. By to the camera. Yep. So you know, I I wish I'd known then that she was going to leave the show because I think I would have anticipated this even more. But I kind of like the fact that I was surprised in 1988.
2: Yeah, well, and Dan, I mean, you said you didn't, you would like to have seen Armis in the future, but mm. isn't that what similar to the premise that they had in Star Trek V? Aha, Bill. <laughs> An entity locked up on a planet, no place to go.
0: Right, that's true. Hey, we did see him in Vegas a few weeks ago. We did. That
1: That was was pretty cool.
2: That was very good. (laughs)
1: Some Armus cosplay. That was pretty awesome.
2: (laughs) Okay, episode 24 We'll Always Have Paris. Picard meets an old flame whose husband has been affected by an accident involving a dimensional experiment. Mr. Davidson.
0: Actually, if it's okay with you, Dan and Bill, Bill, I'd like you to start with this one because I have some comments that feed off of what you are going to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this one for me is pretty much a, a skip it. I mean, the time distortion aspect is cool, but I mean, largely it's a snoozer of a script. And and Brent Spiner at some point forgets that Data doesn't use <laughs> contractions when he says, it's me, it's me. <laughs> Um, I, I like the concept of this episode, but it was mired down by the whole Picard relationship with um, Michelle Phillips' character. Um, it's a definite skip it for me.
0: Yeah, I gave it a skip it as well. And the, the reason I wanted Bill to talk first is because even the time distortion stuff didn't work for me in this episode. I thought the whole episode was very flat. Even Brent, who I usually love in a lot of the things that he does and every aspect of his character and characters, I felt that this episode just didn't Work correctly, so I gave it a skip, and I think that the whole idea of the hologram uh, being in the holodeck in Paris at the end was just a complete waste of time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Picard had nothing to do. Yeah, exactly.
2: I watched this, uh, I think yesterday or day before, the day before, so Friday as of this recording, uh, and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt, know that feeling. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty weak. Episode 25, Conspiracy. The strange behavior of high-ranking officers, which earlier prompted the investigation of the crew, leads Picard to uncover a conspiracy within Starfleet. Uh, Mr. Smith.
1: Um, this one is must see season one. It plays off the events of coming of age, which the only reason I kept that was for the investigation and commander Remick makes a a return appearance in this episode in a way that I don't think any of us really expected in 1988. Um, this episode is a notch above the rest of season one. It's not my favorite episode of season one, but it is absolutely one of the best uh, without question, a see it, Dan.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually my favorite episode of season one. It is a definite see it for me. Uh, I remember seeing this the first time, and I couldn't believe the violence at the end of the episode with Remick and the creature and what they did to him and, and the special effects for when they phasered him and he kind of blew up well it didn't kind of blew up he blew up
2: Um, (laughs) I thought it
0: was amazing I love the eeriness of this episode when Picard meets all of the captains in secret to talk about what they think is going on and then the galaxy class uh, the other galaxy class starship is destroyed and um, all of the aspects the the Vulcan Admiral uh, at Starfleet headquarters and they you find out about these these aliens that are in their necks and they're eating those things in the bowl it's just gross everything about this episode I just loved. I thought it was fantastic.
1: I, I, I do have to correct you on one thing. Which one? The Horatio is not a Galaxy class starship.
0: Which was there? Was there another? Was there? A, was there another one in this episode? or Am I thinking another episode? You're thinking of a different episode. Class? All right. The Horatio. Uh, the,
1: the Horatio is an Ambassador class. Okay.
0: All right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Now, I was gonna. I talked earlier about a novel, a novel, or a couple novels in the future, uh, or about ten years ago. But after this episode came out, remember in a private little war when Akaar's wife had the baby and they named it Leonard. Yes, he becomes an admiral in Starfleet in oh, wow. the, in these novels and he's a giant dude and he's got a lot of a lot of uh, he's a very powerful admiral these aliens come back in a series of novels and are trying to take over starfleet again it's a great series he's he plays a key role in this as does uh, some of the uh, deep space 9 characters so um, it's it's they're great reads i think there's 3 novels in total about it so they keep it going
2: wow well now i have to go find some books then <laughs> But yes, I agree. This was t- very shocking. Again, I was 13 years old. Up to this point, there had been nothing in Star Trek that was gory or super violent. I mean, all of it was either slapstick type of you know combat with karate chops and stuff like that. This is the first time that we had blood, gore, explosions. I'm like, who let Freddy Krueger on Star Trek?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: Okay, so our closing episode for Season 1 is the Neutral Zone. A derelict satellite is found containing chronologically frozen humans from the 21st century as the Enterprise is sent to investigate the destruction of outposts near Romulan space. Mr. Davidson.
0: Well, for the finale of the season, it's not as... As oh my god, is conspiracy, but I'm giving this one a see. It I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, first of all, this is the episode that John Champion and Ken Ray's awesome cosplay comes from. So, how can we not like this episode just for that aspect of it? Um, and we also get to see Mark Alimo as a Romulan, which is something that um, was, you know, looking back at his great career on Deep Space Nine, seeing him as a Romulan is cool. Um, but this for me is the first instance of the Borg without us knowing that it's the Borg with those destructions of the outposts? We actually um, find out later that this was what was planned was that this was going to be the Borg. But unfortunately the writer's guild strike killed that from happening here. Um, so I thought it was an interesting premise. I enjoyed the episode more for the, introdu- the reintroduction of the Romulans than for the, the the folks found in the satellite. That really didn't, I didn't really care about that too much, but uh, I gave it a see. It, Bill. Wow!
1: Uh, so the Romulans reappear and do um, nothing. <laughs> Couple that with human popsicles that were already dead, and you've got a real snoozer of an episode. Wow! I, I this episode doesn't work for me on any level, whether it's the fish out of water story or the alleged Romulan threat that is not a threat in any way, shape, manner, or form. Um, if you hadn't guessed, this one's a skip it for me. And I temper that with the fact that I love the Romulans, even though largely in TNG, they didn't do anything other than show up and make threats.
0: Yeah, sort of like it. what you do on a weekly basis with a podcast and replacing me.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> hey, these are only idle threats? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, Neutral Zone is definitely not the greatest ending season TNG. But it's not as bad as it could have been seeing the previous snoozers we had, i.e. Code of Honor. So, I mean, not
1: horrible. Yeah, in context, I mean, it's not terrible. It's just there's really not a lot to engage here you know there are terrible episodes in season 1 this one's not one of them but it there's not enough there for me to go oh yeah i want to watch that one
0: i i got to i got to say dan i agree with what you just said in regards to this not being the greatest of season ending episodes but i got three words for you buddy shades of gray
1: oh <laughs> okay so oh. everyone dogs on shades of gray but it's not the worst episode by it's,
0: far. It's not the worst episode by far, but if you're going to just do an episode filled with, with clips of previous episodes, why do it?
1: Well, there was a writer strike. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Had to do something. Would, I'll stand Shades of Grey up against Aquiel <laughs> and he's dead.
2: <laughs> oh, The man.
1: dog really the dog wow but we'll save that for season two okay
2: (laughs) okay gentlemen so we have all of our uh votes in so go ahead and do your tallies and give us our your opinion about the season overall and we'll start with david mr davidson
0: well, I, uh, I came up with 13 out of the 26 episodes were See It. So right at an even 50%, which I have to say surprises me when I'm looking over what I originally think of Season 1. I don't think Season 1 is great. Um, I've never been uh, a one to hide from saying that I thought Season 1 wasn't good. Season 1 wasn't good for DS9 either, and that's my favorite series. Um, I just think that this uh, season was everybody was so happy to have Star Trek back on the air that I think they were willing to overlook some of the problems that this first season had. Um, But for me to give it 50%, um, I think that's a good thing because I didn't really think it was going to be that high, to be honest.
1: You know, I, um, I'm surprised because I also have 13 see it out of the 26 episodes for exactly 50%. And that's really interesting to me that we came down with the same percentage. I remember dogging on season one for the longest time, saying it's terrible, it's uneven. But, you know, 13 out of 26 is really not a bad ratio. You know, for a for a freshman season, there are as many halfway decent episodes as there are episodes I never want to see again. And I think that's better than a lot of shows, honestly.
2: Right. Well, right. But you got to look at it this way. If given a choice to watch Season 1 again, and that's all you had a choice of is Season 1, yeah, there's 13 episodes that you'd be all in for. But with today's streaming and you have availability to all seven seasons, the odds of you coming back and reviewing Season 1, well, of course, it's not going to be as high as some of the other seasons. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. that Season 1's not as bad as we give it, but at the same time, they were... Not knowing where they're going with some of this stuff, and it shows
0: it's it's interesting as as you 're talking, Dan Bill, I was looking at our other seater skippets, and you actually had a higher percentage in season one of Voyager of seats. you had a fifty six point two five percent.
1: Uh, as see it where I was down to 43 and three quarters percent. So, uh, well, but you figure that one's also a numbers game because there were only 16 first season episodes. for true. Voyager. Yeah, That's true. So I can I can appreciate the percentage as much as the next person. But, you know, who knows what Voyager would have been if they had a full 26?
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Excellent. It'd be interesting to contrast this with DS9 when we do that one. Oh, oh, are we going to do that too? We're doing all the series. <laughs> Perhaps you, if you listen to this podcast, you would know.
0: Deep Space Nine season one was not good.
2: And and as 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 the honorary associate producer, uh, that what? guy Dan whoa, 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 what, <laughs> what? what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, time out. Pause. Hit the pause button on that. I, Rewind I just, that.
1: I just want to point out that on other podcasts. <laughs> People with an associate producer credit are donors. Hey,
2: I bought shirts.
1: Yeah, You should see how many shirts Dan bought this week. He keeps us afloat. Uh.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, I got to say, Dan, uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight to be our moderator for TNG season one, see it or skip it. Uh, some interesting comments from both Bill and myself a- and you. You know, we we don't count what you say because it really doesn't matter, but we appreciate you, you having your opinion. And uh, we really hope that you will come back on at some point. Maybe you'll have moved up a little bit on the Camp Kid or my admin list. I really don't think so, but we'll find out. And, uh, hey, man, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And in all seriousness, uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on.
2: I, I appreciate being here, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to, to uh, come back if you guys so choose it. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoy spending time with you guys and doing this. I appreciate it.
1: Well, Dan, first up, we have to thank the other Dan, (laughs) admin number three, for uh, keeping us honest.
0: Do you think we'll ever get him off of number three?
1: No, (laughs) I'm going to make him a shirt that says third best admin. That's great. With the Starfleet Delta in there.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. Um, it was great having him on. Uh, it was great to finally meet him in person when we were out in Vegas. Um, he's such a great friend, and he does such a great job uh, with the other two better admins over at Camp Kittimer and keeping things real over there.
1: So uh, we really appreciate Dan coming on and uh,
0: helping us with the theater skip. It's 50%. Wow.
1: I know. it's That's really weird and different episodes a little bit, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. We do have to say regarding Camp Kittimer that we love all of our admins, whether it's Jackie or Heather, in this case, Dan. (laughs) Hmm. What is it about guys named Dan?
0: Oh, wow. You had to go there, didn't you?
1: (laughs) Of course I did.
0: Jerk face.
1: Oh, thank you. Speaking (laughs) of which, your favorite people were about to mention the band Five Year Mission, without whom we would be a musicless mess of a podcast. Wow. We. Honestly, truly can't thank them enough for allowing us to use their music in every episode of Trek Geeks, and we really want you to check them out, so please head on over to fiveyearmission.net, dot net. just de- really download some albums, yeah you know, shell out some Quatluos, get some federation credits, you know, play a couple of rounds of Fizbin and get yourself some bank bro, and lay down those clams to get some <laughs> sweet, sweet music.
0: That is that was that was a great rant, not a rant, but it was awesome. You know, it, you. It, you know, listen to their music; it'll bring back memories of Vegas when they were the house band and did such an awesome job. Um, and if you want a little extra bill yeah. of a five-year mission, yeah. you can always watch some of these great episodes that I've been watching, like the oh, one I just God. watched. Yeah, it's not a good episode. I gotta say, I don't think you like this episode at all. I know I'm not a big fan of the episode. It's got bad sets. It's got bad acting. Bad special effects. And it's all about these two musicians from different dimensions that are fighting to out-drum one another on the stage of STLV. It was really something. It is the alternative factor.
1: Do you hear that? Do you hear that? (laughs) Did you just do your own rim shot?
0: (laughs) I did because I didn't want to keep hearing crickets.
1: (laughs) You know, that sound was my soul being sucked out of my body (laughs) for letting you do this.
0: I have so much fun with these and you just... Bring it down. <laughs> <You> just <laughs> just- <laughs> oh, I
1: bring it down <laughs> well, Anyway please, fiveyearmission.net, please support the band. We love them and man, year four sounds like it's going to be mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. We've
1: been can't seeing wait some for snippets. that. Yep. Dan speaking of things we can't wait for. We have an episode dropping next week that has been a year in the making.
0: Could it also be safe to say that it's been 50 years in the making,
1: Bill? Oh, I think so.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Next week, we are going to celebrate the actual 50th anniversary of the original Star Trek series with our own Trek 50 episode. We're going to have long-form thoughts on Trek at its 50th anniversary, as well as your stories that you have called in and left messages for about your Trek 50 story. So we can't wait to drop all that stuff. uh, And that's coming up next week, man
1: it really is and also next week on September 8th the actual 50th anniversary if you're listening to this at 8.30pm eastern time we'll be doing a group watch of the Man Trap online and you can get more details in the Camp Kittimer group on Facebook so if you're not a member already head on out to Camp Kittimer send us a request to join we absolutely will let you write in and uh, we hope you'll join us for that special event so uh, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at the tricordertransmissions.com. And of course, I say it every episode and I mm. mean it even more. For all the latest news on everything Star Trek, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 74 of Trek Geeks. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
0: So speaking of five-year mission they handed down that C and D I don't think it stands for cease and desist I think it stands for coconutty davidson
1: bong What's up? What's up? I'm I'm back in the workforce.
0: It's about time.
1: I know, right? (laughs) We missed you. you. The worst part was having to put on pants this morning.
0: (laughs) That never stopped you at your other job. Isn't that why you had to leave? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, Bill's bouncing around again.
1: (laughs) I've been wearing shorts for another mid-six weeks. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I wore shorts. Years, I wore shorts to say.
0: work last Friday. It was very nice.
1: Yeah, I used to wear them um, all the time. Yeah, not at this job, and that's no. cool.
0: They, they, it's a it's like a, a business casual atmosphere all the time.
1: Yeah, except on Fridays, it's a little more loose. So jeans, shorts, yep. you know, in the summertime, so I can get away with those.
0: Because in the summertime, when the weather gets
1: hot, you get, I don't know the words. Never mind. Were you trying to do Mungo Jerry? It's
0: You just pull names out like this. Like, I pull out Star Trek references. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> if only I could do that with Star Trek. Yeah, I know. Like, stuff that matters, but you can't.
1: Yeah, I only co-host a podcast <laughs> called Trek Geeks. But, you know, I, I take some solace in the fact that Ken Ray can't remember, you know, random bits of trivia like that either, like That's episode true. names.
0: That's true. He admitted that to our faces. He admits it on the podcast all the time. Well, uh, the podcast, he could just be saying it, but he
1: admitted it. He looked in our eyes. If I could be half the podcaster he is, I'd be ten times better than you.
0: (laughs) Wow. Huh. All right. Okay. I always like champion more than you anyway, so. (laughs) You're such a suck up. That's so not true.
1: (laughs) You know that they this week they are hitting their 200th regular episode.
0: Oh man, we got to get on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> we should start doing three a week for the next six months. I, I like being married. <laughs> yes, yes, so do I. And it's when yeah. she's gone that I realize just how much. Yeah, no doubt. Ugh, I hate it when when we're not together. She's uh, sure off. she loves it though. No, come on now, don't make me feel bad.
1: It's all your fault. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: oh well. But I'm here with the pops and they're keeping me company. I'm ironing again tonight, go figure. Hugh.
1: What <laughs> is it tonight? Socks?
0: <laughs> no, it's uh it's the tank tops for the trip. Got to iron oh, the tank tops. <laughs> silly me. What the
1: hell was I thinking?
0: Uh, two tank tops, couple pairs of shorts. No, I don't iron socks.
1: Anymore, I I don't know that because you iron everything else.
0: I don't Iron socks. I just do shorts, pants, shirts, underwear. Yeah. No, don't do underwear. No. Pocket squares. No, don't do that I don't have any pocket socks. squares. Don't have. Well, I do have socks, but I don't
1: suspenders, know <laughs> winter coats, garters,
0: garters. Yes, I have a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Boxer shorts.
0: Boxer shorts. Kmart.
1: <laughs> Kmart sucks.
0: <laughs> yes, it Are right, you ready to do this? Yes, I'm ready let's, to do this. Let's knock
1: this out. Are you ready?
0: Boom.